Hello, everyone. You are listening to Nanai's Notes, and this is Richelle Hassan-Ligot, podcasting from Quezon City, Metro Manila, Philippines. We are on our third season, and this is episode two, entitled The Blame Game, To Blame or Not to Blame Myself for My Child's Mental Health. you will learn much from this episode which is based on an article I wrote of the same title for Family Wise Asia. I have a lot of input from other sources and appreciate each of them. Angela, Dylan, Louis, Justine, Joby, and Philip. Thank you so much. Also in this article, we get to hear the expert opinion and advice of Dr. Aurorita Roldan a counselor educator. She was the dean of the College of Home Economics of the University of the Philippines, Diliman, Quezon City. I super appreciate your contribution to this and to the last episode too, Dr. Roldan. You can check the podcast notes, guys, for my references, and I am including links to find some helpful websites and contact information for your counseling needs. Again, a word of caution. If you are younger than 18 years old, please invite a parent to listen with you to guide you about some sensitive content in this episode, okay? A link in the notes will also take you to the original article written four years ago, just before the pandemic. But according to my interviewees, their inputs remain the same. Here you go! Self-blame This is our default as parents, says Angela Franco, mom of four. Having been diagnosed with clinical depression, with two kids likewise getting treated for depression, she admits, I didn't worry much about my son because I knew there was help therapy and meds. With my daughter, I worried kasi nag-self-harm siya. There was guilt here kasi. She must have seen it from me. Many factors, many ways. I sat with Dr. Aurorita Roldan, former dean of UP College of Home Economics and faculty member of its Department of Family Life and Child Development, seeking answers to how parents should respond to their child's mental health issues. She discourages any self-evaluation. I quote, The world is big and small at the same time in the sense that children get a lot of input, not only from parents but also from the environment. I think it's simplistic and it's not right for someone to blame oneself. 
because there are so many factors at play. Their peers, media, the internet, Facebook, everything. Sobrang marami. There's so much. Unquote. Based on research by neuroscientist Dr. Lamont Tang, a common myth is that mental illness is caused by bad parenting. But the fact is, most diagnosed individuals come from supportive homes. Then why does a parent tend to blame self? Dr. Roldan responds, quote, There's this notion that parents are in control. In fact, more and more parents lose control now over their children, and there's a tendency to overreact to that. What can be done? Go to professionals. Her advice includes, we must go to extensively experienced professionals or counselors and ask not, what have I done or did not do, but what must I do to help my child? Be cognizant about the child's developmental stage and that each child is unique. Whatever symptoms she exhibits would differ from another whose behavior can point to clinical depression or anxiety disorder. Sadly, some kids have been misdiagnosed. The availability of information through the net has also contributed to the child concluding on his own that he's depressed or bipolar. Decongest self. A parent must, quote unquote, decongest herself. Because, quote, the more you think about yourself and your role in it, the more you're not able to help. You end up attending to yourself than attending to the person you're dealing with. You must become proactive more than reactive. End of quote. Dr. Roldan explains, by decongesting yourself, you have to stop analyzing your part in it because first, you are not in the position to do so, and then you end up being preoccupied with yourself. You become defensive, feel guilty, and even compensate for it, which aggravates the situation as your reactions may be used by your child to manipulate you. Seek help. Lloyd I. Sederer, MD, Medical Director of the New York State Office of Mental Health, emphasized the need to seek help. I quote, Don't go it alone. There are people and places to turn to. Unquote. In the Philippines, options for assistance are found in www.silakbo.ph/help. Don't fight. Dr. Sederer also suggests 
Parents should not get into a fight with a child, something that results from exasperation when our child won't cooperate. Instead, parents must listen and get on the side of your child. He also mentions leverage if listening isn't enough. I quote, In all families, it's a two-way street. You give and you get, and you get by giving. End of quote. Use the support you are providing, a home, money, phone, etc., to negotiate with. Say something like, Here's what we provide, and in exchange, we want you to do something in your interest to help you get better. Go to an appointment, take treatment, do the hard work of recovery, take care of yourself. Leverage is being engaged in a harder but effective way, more than getting into a quarrel. What else can be done? To get the perspective of those with mental health challenges, I asked six people what they appreciate about what their parents did and how they think parents could be more helpful. Angela, who's in her 40s, believes that parents must accept the condition of the child as a mental health issue, look at it as a medical condition that's manageable and treatable, and prepare, I quote, for the emotional, mental, physical, psychological, spiritual, and financial roller coaster ride, unquote. Avoid self-loathing. For this will hinder the parent from giving the support his child needs. Angela's input echoes the results of Dr. Tang's research. Quote, Mental disorders can affect persons of any age, race, sex, religion, or income. Mental illnesses are not a result of personal weakness, lack of character, or poor upbringing. Mental illness is a physical condition, just like asthma, diabetes, heart disease. But still, society believes that a person who is mentally ill needs to show more willpower to be able to pull themselves out of it. End of quote. Her 23-year-old son, now 27, Dylan, knows his dad was never a believer in mental health, but was at the forefront of providing. I quote, from buying medication, checking up on me, reminding that it's time to drink the meds, and giving whatever is needed, he would also ask me if I needed any more, which was comforting, even though we never talked about it. My mom, who lives across the world, and my two sisters would be the ones I would usually talk to when I was ready to talk. They would listen and suggest things that I could do to help me cope. Unquote. Louis, Angela's 21-year-old daughter, appreciates her dad for reminding her about medication. Even from a distance, a parent can help. I quote her, My mom doesn't sugarcoat how things are going to be for people with depression, which pulls me into reality. She's always there to guide me through my episodes, in a different country even. End of quote. The parents of now 28-year-old Justine thought she was just going through a phase. Her school counselor said her episodes are just a matter of faith and a lack of discipline, concluding that she was just being an emotional teenager. 
Justine wishes she was not left undiagnosed for 12 years. Justine recalls, I quote her, It was painful to be unheard and misunderstood for that long. Unquote. Just being present helps and assures her of their love. I quote her, I remember my mom just crying with me because she couldn't fully grasp what I was going through. But she never stopped reminding me how much she loved me. End of quote. Justine is thankful for how her parents go with her to appointments. Quote, It doesn't seem like a lot, but it means so much when you're away from home and when your parents just decide to come, have a quick lunch, or just visit. It makes you feel unforgotten and less lonely. End of quote. For Philip, parents must value the trust children give them. Quote, When your children open up, don't shut them off or talk them out of it. Unquote. He asserts that children need support, not speeches, nor opinions, nor past experiences about mental health. I quote him, We don't need our emotions flat out dismissed, downplayed, or invalidated. Unquote. Philip adds, he appreciates that he's not forced to open up and to draw close to his parents. He believes that, as children grow older, quote, they develop a sense of identity away from their parents and would naturally want time for themselves and experiences to keep to themselves. Do not pry nor get mad if they refuse to share. Generally, avoid helicopter parenting. End of quote. He affirms that this makes a child anxious about making mistakes and discourages them from opening up. Again, I quote Philip. Give them the trust that they need and let them come to you when they are ready to share or to open up, says the 24-year-old. Philip still feels the mental health stigma, especially in church communities. It does not help that a parent divulges a child's condition, even as a prayer request without his consent. 28-year-old Josiah Bien is grateful that his parents help him through advice mostly practical every time he feels down. I quote him, Aside from listening, it's love that will really draw you closer together. The love will urge you to listen. They do not judge my mental health, but be with it. It is a reminder to myself that we shouldn't be judging the emotion. Emotions are to be felt and not to be merged with. You are not the emotion. End of quote. A parent's pain pushes him to punish himself for his child's condition, but a parent's love compels him to go forward. Start moving forward instead of looking back, instead of asking, What have I done? Ask, What? can I do? I just read to you an article I wrote as a result of some research and interviews of several wonderful people for it. 
Thanks again to Angela, Dylan, Joby, Justine, Philip, and Louis, and Dr. Aurorita Roldan. The title of the article I just read is The Blame Game, To Blame or Not to Blame Myself for My Child's Mental Health. The concluding encouragement of which is for us to, instead of looking back and find out who to blame, we must look forward and see how we can channel our energies on what can still be done. On the other hand, recalling happy memories in the past also play a big part in keeping us feel more connected, confident, and hopeful. I'd like to elaborate more, but first, let's listen to this. good friend of mine, Gigi Ramos, to share some of her fondest childhood memories of her parents. And as quick as she could, she's such a very responsive, helpful, and reliable friend, she sent me this, and I quote, Elementary days were great. Pero about my mom lang, feeling ko my dad was involved too as financial. One memory was, mom let us celebrate our birthdays in school by coming to our class during recess and giving all our classmates merienda into go boxes. Two, mom reads books to us in bed. Later on, she opened an account for us in a bookstore, bookmark, so we could pick out our own books. Three, mom loved to celebrate special occasions. She'd get us heart cakes and Easter eggs from Goldilocks or stuffed bears with hearts. And she and my dad loved to entertain, then trained me to get the house ready for events. Can you see why I am who I am? End of quote. Absolutely, Gigi. You have been influenced by your parents to be who you are right now. The wonderful Gigi that you are. You love hosting get-togethers. You love celebrating. You know, guys, Gigi is incredible at celebrating people. She is amazing in celebrating God. Thanks, Gigi, for sharing your story and sharing your gift of hospitality and giving with me, my family, and so many other people. I am certain of that. I hope someday I get to talk to you here on Nana's Notes, where stories about childhood, children, and childlike faith are celebrated. So, yeah, we parents can't really help blame ourselves for how our kids turn out, right? It is a normal reaction when, when you see how your kids grow up to be who they are. So... I hope this episode helps us understand what a parent's role is and be more patient towards ourselves and others, knowing that there are a lot of factors contributing to our mental health and who we are in general. You know what? I read about the importance of reminiscence in this article posted on the website of South Dakota State University Extension which was collaboratively written by Andrea Bjornestad and Lizzie Brown. 
I hope I pronounced your names correctly. They defined reminiscence as involving, and I quote, sharing thoughts and feelings of one's experiences to recall and reflect upon important events within one's life, end of quote. And this is what they mentioned about the advantage of reminiscing, quote, the ability to recall and reflect helps older adults remember who they used to be in order to help them define their identity in the current moment. The stories of the past provide a source of affirmation, hope, and belief that their legacy will be preserved, unquote. The writer Ms. Brown is a gerontology field specialist and is into the study of old age and of the changes it causes in the body. I just read this definition from the Cambridge Online Dictionary. But why wait until you're getting old and forgetful? Because as the writers also said, I quote, In addition to improving self-identity, reminiscing, may also protect against depression and loneliness, end of quote. And then they mentioned a study of 47 nursing home residents where improvement was seen in their depression and loneliness. This reminiscence group completed a variety of exercises such as sharing memories, life events, family history, and personal accomplishments. That's a study by Frank Malineau and Parkinson, 2016. The article presents that, quote, overall, older adults may thrive from human interaction and meaningful conversations, unquote. Oh, there's just so much to share with you about the advantages of reminiscing or nostalgia as I also found another article entitled The Healing Power of Reminiscing by Mia Brabham from the website shondaland.com. Here, Ms. Brabham enumerated what the experts explain about how looking back on positive events in our lives can make us, and I quote her, feel more connected, confident, and hopeful. End of quote. The writer lists four psychological benefits of looking back, which I'd like to reserve for next episodes. For now, I'd like to mention that Thursday's study referred to by the writer, and I quote her A 2021 study released in the Social Psychological and Personality Science Journal found that nostalgia helped stave off loneliness during the COVID-19 lockdowns. If you're looking for a boost of bliss, the key could be looking backward, unquote. I encourage you to take some time and recall childhood memories that will lift your spirit and encourage you about who you are now and who you can still be. Email me at nanaisnotes at gmail.com. I really, really hope you have followed and subscribed to this podcast and that you would share it with others. Also, you may express your support of this show by clicking on the link, Support the Show. 
on the podcast notes. Thank you for those who have been helping me get this podcast going and getting better. I am excited to share more about mental health in our family, which kind of gets real and challenging during the holidays. And then in preparation for Christmas, I will be suggesting some ideas for starting new traditions, what makes a healthy handaan or food to prepare for the holidays, and will recommend some gifts you may purchase or prepare yourself. Any more topics you'd like to discuss? Would love to hear your comments, feedback, and suggestions. Write to nanaisnotes at gmail.com. Thank you to Nikita for the artwork, to Mira and Jacob, that's me, for helping out. This podcast was fueled by Zero Regret, Zero Waste, Clean Plate. With the current lack of peace and order and the chaos going on in different parts of the world, I pray that you will remember how the Lord has been good to you. May you discover who this faithful God is, the one who has loved you from the past, and will remain to be the same God who loves you for who you are. In the present. This has been Nana Rochelle for Nana's Notes. I will be with you again next week. Until then. Oh, yeah.